Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, chubby chaser, and public speaker. And today, I feel like a great big ball of sunshine. It is a lovely day. I think it's Sunday. It's not, but I think it's Sunday. Gay. You think it's Sunday because you're a big ball of sunshine? <laughs> I'm talking on sunshine. I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. I'm next to Dan. I'm in... That's Hollywood. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a nice day. It's ball of sunshine. Mon- ball of goddamn sunshine. <laughs> it's Monday. You better perk the fuck up. <laughs> I had my coffee. I had some frozen pumpkin waffles from Trader Joe's. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, they're tasty. Yeah. I, I, I think you most enjoyed the rosettes of butter I made, did you not? Yes. <gasps> butter rosettes? Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. God, I'm hungry now. Damn it. <laughs> I'm Michael. I am a chaser and... um. I, I think I echoed Craig, uh, Trevor's vibe <laughs> today. I don't know where that came from. Oh, I know where it came from. I was just in Boston for a week working with Craig at the Boston Cayman's Chorus, um, which was very good and very tiring. Mm. Uh, going through the archives, pulling up stuff for the documentaries. Whoa. Uh, it's good stuff, but I'm like so glad to be back. And I'm just like exhausted. But I'm ready to do a show. Welcome home. With all the enthusiasm. (laughs) My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I'm an energy-filled energy boy. And if I say that enough times, it'll be true. (laughs) Ball of sunshine. It's... The sad part is it isn't even actually that early. We're just really no, late risers. It's not, no, it's not. I think it's just the vibes right now. Trevor said it best. Mercury is in retrograde. And I don't believe in that shit, but this summer I do. <laughs> this summer. Apparently Mercury's been in retrograde for the past eight years or something. I don't well, know and it seems to happen like. every seven weeks or something. I don't know. It does happen more mm-hmm. frequently than people let on. But definitely like June sucked for me. And then August sucked. And now... Well, I think we're coming out of it, though. I'm really excited for Halloween, for fall. I have determined that it's going to be the best fall this year. (laughs) It's going to be the rise of fall. (laughs) The best fall this year. Um, And and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to throw a Halloween party with friends, close friends uh, later. Ah, Yes. It's good stuff down the road. Um, But we have a show, barely. Let's let's get to it. Let's get the fuck to it, everyone. Get into it. Um, (laughs) So uh, this, yeah. I, I like this. I, I actually, I don't think you've told me the story. No, I don't think you've told anyone. So this, so <laughs> I had another experience with uh, reality TV casting oh. uh, last year. Was it real? Was it last year? Or was it two years ago? I can't remember. I think it was last year. If it's it, it feels years. so much longer. Sometime in the not so distant, distant past. It was pre-pandemic. It was like this, I think was one of the first, the last things we talked about before the pandemic really mm-hmm. kind of hit hard. Um, so last year. I was reached out to by casting for my 600 pound life um, (laughs) along with many others on Instagram. So when I was reached out to about another show that did not name itself, um, I was dubious, but I got the following message. Um, This was uh, uh, September still because we're in October now. Hi, Trevor. I'm a producer at this production studio that I'm not going to name in Los Angeles. We're currently casting for a body positive plus size show with A&E. I saw your Instagram page and thought you'd be a great fit. Are you free to hop on a quick call so I can tell you a bit about it and so we can learn about you as well? Mm-hmm. I think you'd be great on it and we it would be so great to connect. Okay. <laughs> a lot of great here. A lot of uh, great. Please let me know. Thank you. So I was immediately dubious and I took the production company name. I looked them up. They didn't have a lot, but they... There was a lot of buzz about them and like shows they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then I found a casting call on backstage oh. for the production company. Casting a body positive plus size show. Production states. 
are you a plus size person who does something unexpected? <laughs> you have a job not that die. <laughs> <laughs> you have a job that people think you would that people would not expect you to be able to do. We're looking for big characters in a small world to be part of a cast for a multi-part primetime docu-series. Mm. Plus size persons in unusual occupations, fully body positive. Mm. No, not weight loss oriented at all. Connected characters are a plus. I mean, I hate to overuse the phrase, but that is something. It's something. Yeah, that wouldn't right? be all, that like, wouldn't on its not, face be awful. Yeah. I was yeah. dubious, but like the fact that they're so like, it's, this isn't a weight loss show. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of have that weird kind of still body Fat boy's in a fishbowl. Yeah, well, yes. not just in a fishbowl, but like, oh my God, can you believe that they can actually do this? Yes. Which Look, is, he's, he's walking. <laughs> oh my God. He's moving around. Um, and I, oh God, yeah. I, okay. But so I respond, I, I messaged Dan like, well, what do you think about this? And he's like, I think you should look into it. I respond to her. I don't really hear back. Um, I hear back. She's like, okay, I'm going to set up a call with you and the other producer. Okay. Uh, whose name is blah, blah, blah. And I look him up and like, he's legit. He's done a lot. A lot of it is kind of like, it's the like not uh duck dynasty but like people trying to capture that feeling because mm. duck dynasty was so huge mm-hmm. like country people like d- country kids doing stuff like there was mm. one was like hot grits which is hot like gr- <laughs> grit grits means girls raised in the south oh my yeah, yeah. oh my um so i I really like don't know what to expect going into this call. call. Yeah. So mm. I, I get on a zoom call with this guy and he's like, Oh, you know, I know our producer told you a little bit about it. He's like, so it's the, the, the show started as uh, someone we know reached out to us and he has a, a body positive camp. It's not a weight loss camp. It's a body positive camp. Okay. And we wanted to do a docuseries about the camp and we brought it to Annie and they're like, well, we like the body positive thing, <laughs> but nothing else. Yeah. Okay. So the project is think Reno nine one one meets Duck Dynasty, which those are two completely different things. Yeah. And this is not like we are veering off from oh, docu series. One is a campy yeah, yeah, yeah. farce, but like, that makes. But is it for a pitch line? Yeah. That makes the other is done by improv actors. Yeah. Yeah, but but as a pitch line that makes total <laughs> sense because the, the the point of that kind of pitch is not to explain it but to pique your interest and it does. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, true. <laughs> the show is Big Bugs Inc. You you know it's a bunch of exterminators. They're like a family, <laughs> and you know we want to do a, a demo reel of you right now on Zoom. So like, are you up for that? And I I am flabbergasted. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Sorry. Okay. I thought you were joking just now. No, that's no, no, no. It? That's, yes, that's that the is show. it. That's what? the show. Yes. And I am just. This is jump the rails. <laughs> yeah. But it completely explains the marriage of, you know, yeah. Reno 911. And the rails were already <laughs> built over sharks. Like, what the fuck? And it is, it is so like, okay, so Reno 911, Stuck Dynasty. You're putting fat people in jumpsuits, which, you know, I look very tubby in a jumpsuit. <laughs> I, oh, don't I, be I, modest, honey. It is, um, it is a look depending on the jumpsuit. Exter- this like exterminator jumpsuits 
are not meant to be flattering. They're meant to prevent you from dying. Dying. Mm -hmm. So putting fat people in jumpsuits, making them crawl into tight places, covering them in cockroaches. Like this is that casting fat people does not make a show body positive. Okay. So, okay. So leave behind everything. We started this segment off. Yes. With. Which, That's not relevant anymore. Which, to be fair. They never claimed was accurate. This was just driven up by Trevor's research. Well, and it's like, this is, well, well, the woman that reached out to me, I, whatever it, it, it veered. And I said, you know, I, and I told him I did research before and like, Oh yeah, I saw the, the casting call on backstage. He's like, Oh yeah, that was us. But like, that was an older iteration mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah. I was just, I'm like, I am literally flabbergasted. I, I don't, I'm like, I, this is just so far from anything. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it was going to be coming into this call, but I'm like, this is nowhere near what I thought you were going to tell me. So to be was. clear, this was, this is no longer reality TV. This is it's like semi-scripted reality or, oh, so you would have to be an actor. Yes. Which is what confused well, and me. You would have to go kill bugs. Yeah. No, they, they use, they use uh, stunt bugs. <laughs> <laughs> no bugs are actually harmed in the making of this project, Don. It, uh, That's funny. She was apologetic. That, like, I was so, cause I was just like, I, I mean, I, I'm like, if I knew what this was, like if it was, you know, like, big bugs, Inc., I would not have done this call. Yeah. And I was well, like, I think they anyone you're, that. Well, and not to worry, there's no way this is going to see the light of day because of the inherent contradiction of we found people on Instagram and we want them to be improv actors. Like that's, that's not how right. that works. <laughs> when they finding body positive people, like anyone, like most people are go. when I told a friend about this, I didn't even say the whole, like, you know, jumpsuit thing. They immediately went there like, oh, they just, so they just want to put fat people in jumpsuits and cover them in bugs and make them crawl <laughs> yeah. into, yeah. you know, spaces they're not going to yeah. fit into. And hilarity for, ensues. For comedy. I, mean, I guarantee episode one will have someone stuck halfway into a hatch underneath the house. You're just going to have a butt and some legs sticking oh, out flailing around. I think that's the logo. Say, and they'll keep <laughs> cu- cutting back to that every five minutes yeah. while someone else is running around in a panic. Yep. Like, I think like uh, zooming out for a second, like there are sh- like Reno 911. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I've seen it before. Yeah. And they're like they all of those people are funny because they do things that are ridiculous that mm-hmm. are not supposed to make them look dignified. I think the disconnect here is that they're actors, first yep. of all, they know, and comedians, and they know what they're doing. And th- nobody would claim that they are like, you know, I don't like, I think there's one guy who's like incredibly flamboyant and like nobody's claiming that he's like gay positive. Like he's just a funny character. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. to say that this is a fat positive show, like fine, if you want, this is a cast of fat actors and comedians who go into it and they think that they're gonna make it funny, great but don't pretend like that's somehow body positive or fat positive. It's just a funny show and it will make fun of fat people. And that's what it's going to be. But don't pretend like it's going to somehow like a family movement. I hate to say it, but again, once again, this like I've gone into this in the past. This is the pattern for minority representation entertainment. Mm. Like you go through a phase where you're ignored. You go through a phase where you show up and you're the heroic person overcoming everything and then you become the butt of the joke for about 10 years. Mm. You know, the fat people have already been, already been the butt of the joke. So we're kind of returning to it's that like, after every It's like the cycle. awkward laugh of like, we can laugh about this now, right? <laughs> yeah. But then it goes on for 10 years. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. Uh, don't, I'm don't curious this. if anyone, any listeners were reached out to about So you've been cast on the show. <laughs> yes. And when does it premiere? Yeah. Oh, you've already shot it? Wow. Congratulations. That was it's all. It takes place over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> they they sent me a box of uh, cockroaches. <laughs> Stunt cockroaches, yes. right? Yeah. Hey, it's Union. They just pre-pinned them to the overall. No, it's non-union. Explicitly non-union. Yeah, that's so we can just give you a stipend and kiss you off, and you never get residuals. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, weird and unsettling, but yeah. hopefully it never actually comes to light. Uh, but speaking of actual, I don't know, body positive plus size representation in media. Yeah. There is this great new documentary. So it's a documentary. Uh, Mm-hmm. The, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought so we were going somewhere from, else. Uh, Inglewood Herald, the Inglewood Herald, uh, uh, talking about a plus size woman who documented her Kilimanjaro climb with a uh, group of other plus size hikers. And this this won an award at a particular film festival, right, for best documentary. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the documentary is Killy Big, like Kilimanjaro. Yeah. But shortened. Uh, and the, so there, the, the the this article in um the Inglewood that ink yeah. Inglewood Herald. Uh, it's an interview with Kara Hardman, who is kind of featured heavily in the documentary. Uh, the group is the Curvy Killy Crew. That's awesome, by the <laughs> way. Um, I just love it because it, it, like, I would never, ever want to hike, let alone <laughs> climb Kilimanjaro. And it's so interesting hearing her talk about it because, like, I just can't help but go to the place of, like, you get to the top and then it's like, okay, now I got to go all the way back down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, Where's why my, you bring a sled? Where's my snack in my helicopter ride? That's, I was gonna, that's why you bring a helicopter. Um, it's wicked impressive though. Yes. Yeah. I will say though, I think this is kind of an interesting 360 since, so Trevor, this is a documentary about fat people doing something that you wouldn't ordinarily expect them uh, to yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a second. I've been tricked. But here's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> there are bugs on the trip. Kilimanjaro <laughs> is actually a giant bug that they have to slay. <laughs> st- st- I on. would watch this movie. <laughs> I oh. would totally watch this movie. Um, yes, yes, you would. I think my favorite part about it is, um, so Kara uh, talking about... Um, Find a newer current fat friend who is fat and go with them. Fat joy in nature is the best. I love that fat joy in nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I think like that might be the one way I could like, I'm not going to cut. No, I, I'm not saying like Don, you and I next <laughs> spring, <laughs> Kilimanjaro. But, like, doing I it. think doing something like, I don't know. I think I would want to go with like fat friends. I mean, most of my friends are either chasers or fat. Um, <laughs> Like life just works better yeah, that way. So <laughs> it's easier. And but like fun. being able to do that and like knowing people that just kind of understand your body and mm-hmm. like get it. And it's not like a oh, forced death mm, march like that. I have a lot of friends that are willing to go hiking with me, but I'm a little self-conscious about me wheezing on a hike yeah. next to somebody who's like ready to trot up. You know? Yeah. I'm not sure those thin friends are, are going to be so wheeze free. <laughs> uh, well maybe not right now you know? <laughs> they're gonna want to talk to you <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. like i'm halfway up the the mountain to the freaking observatory i'm not holding a conversation yeah. i'll listen to you mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna mm-hmm. respond don and i are gonna hike kilimanjaro in complete silence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll pack your sandwiches <laughs> and meet you at the top in the helicopter oh uh, yeah, that's right yes. <laughs> um i i like the idea like she said like 
fat joy in nature because I think nature does have a lot to offer, but there's also this kind of, I guess, perception that you have to be like a super avid fitness hiker to enjoy it. Like that that's the only way to have access to it. And I, I think that that for me, by the way, is kind of a turnoff. Like a lot of my friends who are like, yeah, like nature and camping, it, it feels <sighs> off-putting to me. Oh, it's a fucking project. I but have I, no part of that. But I, I very much enjoy being out in nature. I just don't want to make it work. If, yeah. Like yeah. not make it work, but make it into work. Yeah. yeah. Like that, I said, it's a project. Yeah. 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 It feels um, intense. But if you can do it in a way that just makes you feel relaxed. Which is why I favor botanical gardens. Which are very nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Absolutely. Disconso lights at Christmas. Exactly. Yes. That's my kind of hike. We should do that. We should all do that. I don't know if it's back this year or not. Oh, true. I noticed that the, the Halloween mazes are back this year. Yeah. Mm. But uh, there's like only one of them is still a drive through. The rest have gone back to walking through mazes. Is that, yeah. Is that nature or is that just a bunch of hay bales? <laughs> well, we've kind of jumped yeah. into like uh, oh. uh, outings. Yeah. Events. Outings, <laughs> I'm just thinking of. Like a corn maze and cars are just tearing through. <laughs> I made a straight line. What was the problem? <laughs> oh, I actually, I, I took my goddaughter to one last year that was, they simulated a corn maze for one segment of the dri- the car drive through. Did you make it out? Um, most of us did. Good. Although I have to say, this was the one positive of the quarantine Halloween experience for us. I took her to this kid friendly drive through Halloween experience. And they, part of the advertised was there will be trick or treating safely from your car. Mm-hmm. So there's this little village set up. You drive by the houses and I see people with baskets of candy and it's like, Oh, that's nice. You're going to drive up. You'll say trick or treat and they'll put the basket next to your window. No, they walk up to the car. They wait for the kid to say trick or treat. And then they dump the entire basket oh, of candy shit. in her sunroof <laughs> and raining candy on the child. That is delightful. Multiple times. You have never seen such joy <laughs> in a child's face. It was. I, awesome. I have to say, because my criticism was going to be, so what's the difference between that and just you know drive through McDonald's? And it's like, oh well, that is the difference. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I that's mean, her parents were fun. picking candy out of the car seats for weeks, oh, apparently, yeah. but yeah. worth it. That's what the dog totally worth it. Because that is the fun of Halloween. Like, like you get all your candy, you go out and get all your candy, you come back, and then like. You, I don't know. I, we would always put like a sheet down on the floor and then you just like upend the bucket. Oh yeah. And just like the, the, like the pouring out of all mm. of your bounty is just like <laughs> something so satisfying. Isn't that a scene from Aladdin where he gets the, gets out of the, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets the loot. I'm Touch curious. Nothing but the lamb. <laughs> Did any of you ever have to hide your favorite candy from your parents? No, I, people had to hide their favorite candy from me. Oh, okay. All that right. was, that was how that worked. <laughs> All right, well, is it time? <gasps> I think it's time. Yes, it is. Oh, here, it is. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. For it. Ready. <laughs> Feel the power. It's the power. Power. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> we're here, we're making it. Are you here? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's we're do bloodied it. and be- <laughs> bruised. This will make <laughs> sense in a second. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even, I, I didn't even think about that connection. Ha. Um, well, there you go. So this, we have a little, a little bit of a different fat watch this week, which I a find fun. delightful. Um, so last week we mentioned uh, the author, Matt Wallace, who is doing the, the supervillain's survival guide to being a fat kid. I can't remember exactly the wording of that title. I think you got eh, it. Sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know if it had survival in it anyway. So uh, Matt Wallace has been, uh, 
I guess he's done this in the past, but this past Friday, he uh, announced he wants to continue doing, I'm blanking on the hashtag. Fat fight scenes. Hashtag Hashtag fat fight fight scenes scenes, uh, on Fridays, where he basically compiles fat scenes from movies and TV featuring fat characters. Fight scenes from, (laughs) they are also fat scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Fat scenes with fight characters. Yes. And I just, I, I love this. This to me, this to me is fat joy. Yeah. Um, there was a lot. So there were several fight scenes from this week. Um, mm-hmm. a couple from, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes. Um, there was the one, um, that I think Don mentioned in. Enter the Badlands. Our, yes. Oh, uh, Nick, uh, from Frost. Nick Frost. Yes. yes. Um, Which is not his, only a fight scene, but a comedy fight scene. It's, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Yeah. It, but it's, he is not the butt of the joke. Oh, not no. at all. Yeah. No, just, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Um, they were really cool to watch, but I have to say the Into the Badlands one was the one that really I have been me. trying to get you to watch that for like I know, five years. I know, I've been, I've been dragging my feet <laughs> on that. But the, there's this one move that I'm sure a stunt double had to do, which is the same for any, any fight scene with actors and stunt doubles. But he does this like, I don't know, like, semi capoeira slash parkour move like spin kicking off of a heightened area to land on something and then spin kicking again to land on his feet is this supposedly the nick frost character? this is the nick frost character it is like i I mean it was stunning to watch it was i was i saw that i was like what every one (laughs) of his every one of his fight scenes in that show is like that Don, I need to watch this them. show. What the hell? <laughs> you really should have told him, Don. Yeah. Well, I hate God. you all. I hate you all. Um, I just needed the teaser. That's all. Why didn't you show me something? Uh, I, I can't believe uh, you call me your friend. My friend. Like, God damn it. I, <laughs> Don, really, it was too many words. Not enough pictures of hot fat guys fighting. No, yeah. Think it through, Don. I definitely feel this guy. I definitely feel this guy. When I was a kid, like, the woman in the fight scene was always the one that attracted my attention because that was the rare thing that mm-hmm. was unusual. Mm-hmm. It never even occurred to me I would ever get to see a fat guy in a fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally got to see Sam Hung in a fight scene, yeah. and that blew my mind, right? It's a fat Jackie Chan, and he's amazing at everything he does. Yeah. Um, and then and, that went and away. In his case, like legendary actual martial arts expert. Yeah. Yeah. No, no stunt double there. He yeah. did that shit. Yeah, you know? for sure. Well, what about, I mean, this may be, Slightly off topic, but um, the in Doctor Strange, the Asian actor who plays, mm-hmm. I don't oh, know his name. Wong. Uh, Wong, yeah. Wong. I mean, he has some fights. I mean, he's not absent from the fight scenes. True, yeah. It's true. Um, he, but his, the fighting that he does is mostly, let's let's face it, he mostly poses in the fight scenes. As do I. Because yeah. he's casting magic, magic. and That's true. things are going through portals. He's yeah, still okay, a fat yeah. actor we ha- who we haven't talked about. No, we before. haven't. Yeah, we haven't mm. brought him up. He's the first major fat character in the in the Marvel Universe, is that as true? far as I can think of. Uh, oh, no, uh, Spider-Man's friends. I was going to say Happy. Spider-Man's friends. Yeah. yeah. Or Happy. Oh, no, Happy Hogan. Oh, Happy Hogan. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. You're correct. I take it back. And he gets, he gets some good moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But very few, like, you know, there's no fat superheroes, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. representation is growing, but we're you know we're not there yet. And the the thing I like about this hashtag too, this Twitter thread that Matt Wallace starts, is that he not only does he include commentary about the scenes, but he includes clips of the scenes too, mm-hmm. in case you yeah. picked it up. So you can go like watch and enjoy some of these things. And in my case, like you know. I finally discovered uh, this great show uh, called Into the Badlands. And so I think I'm probably going <laughs> to yeah. watch that. 
I'm going to beat your ass as soon as the microphones are off and no one can prove it. Ooh, a fat fight scene. Um, but, you know, despite that being a lovely thing on Twitter, there's a whole lot that's not great. <sighs> Twitter. Do you, have you heard of this toxic website? <laughs> I, it's called Twitter? <laughs> Which actually, as we're recording this, it is the only like major kind of social media site online right now because Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, and Facebook Messenger are all down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something going down. Yeah. And not Twitter, though. Not Twitter. Twitter um, goes strong. So... The the main topic this week is kind of looking at, uh, so I, as a Twitter user, uh, an internet garbage brain person, Power user. Um, <laughs> there has been so much like fat phobia, anti-fat discourse on Twitter. Mm. But like, I mean, there's always that on the internet. I mean, it's the internet. It's yeah. the world. But like amped up, like trending on Twitter. Um, a couple things, Anna Navarro from the view, there was the whole thing with the view uh, a couple weeks ago and where two of the hosts tested, tested positive for COVID in their like morning pre-tests, but I, I don't, re- it ended up happening where like they came out. I think it was a false positive. Yeah, it was, it ended up being a false positive, but like they came out, they're like, Oh, they were having, guys come back. They were having Biden as a guest on the no, show. Uh, Kamala Harris. Harris. Kamala, Harris. Or Kamala Harris. And they, so they had to do the sort of high quality insta test yeah. right before she went on and the results but, came in right before kamala yes was to go like yeah, anyway yeah. so i hate even but like donald trump jr said it was like saying something to anna navarro about her weight she clapped back with like more fat phobia well well the, there's a little more context there because remember you i think it was you who cited uh in our last episode the some idiot lawmakers saying that like, well, the real problem with COVID is too many, too many fat kids. And yes. So this was a follow-up. So he's, he's climbing on that Republican bandwagon of the problem with COVID is really fat people. Yes. So Mm. he's saying to Anna Navarro, maybe, you know, maybe we should talk about obesity and you know, la 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 la. And she clapped back saying, um, Oh, if you want to talk about obesity and COVID, you should talk to your dad. And then saying, if he's taking your calls, which again, doesn't really reroute it. Or I just, it doesn't really, it, it's, I don't think it's a good clapback. It's sort of like, well, yeah, talk to your dad, you know. You're, you're fat. Gonna, yeah, you're fat. Your dad's fat too. <laughs> like, eh, um, which is kind of not the message you wanted to send here. Uh, There's a better way to handle yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's fine. Well, it's, sorry, I'm interrupting. Sorry, no, Trevor. but so th- that was like, that was one thing. And then the next day it was like, there was a doctor on, uh, pe- more people talking about um, child COVID cases and intersecting with, uh, childhood obesity, quote unquote. Um, and this doctor being like, well, we need to talk about obesity. Why don't, why aren't oh. doctors talking about obesity? Oh my God. Yeah, yes. like, no one's talking yes. about this major issue. We're not. Oh, what he is really cracked it. He really struck upon the one <laughs> secret issue that. His phrasing was actually even worse. Oh, good. In that, if I recall the way the phrasing was, it was like, it no, was this al- is a separate, almost, oh, this, was this is another, just like Sorry. more people talking about that, that was, you know, last week. It's like this, this is part of the new onslaught of obesity, you know, obesity, air quotes, discourse with, you know, well, so we need to stop talking about COVID. We need to talk about obesity because that's the real thing. Yeah, because yeah. apparently if, they've decided that obesity is what's driving COVID. Well, I, what <laughs> I'm sense. thinking of is I think it's another one that you I think you sent it out, Trevor. Yes. Uh, somebody basically made the statement of like. Well, at least most of the kids that died from COVID were obese. Yeah, that's, yes. that's the thing I was referring to. Yeah, it, from, where, yeah. you know, well, thank goodness, like mostly it's those fat No, kids. no, what he was saying is he said 
perspective. Keep it in perspective. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's just the fat kids dying. Right. Yeah. And yeah. which is essentially, which, which is not contradicting what I said, you know, just <laughs> yeah. to point that out. He's just being I, slightly more, but yeah, I mean, there's, there is a, so one of the cautions that I got during COVID and I, I will not forget this was like, whether or not there are comorbidities from, uh, from being obese during COVID, it's a very realistic fact that some doctors going to be like, no one's going to want to turn this, turn his ass over on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. So if there's competition for the ventilator, mm-hmm. the fat person gets pushed out because people just don't want to deal with them. Not because he has a less viable. Yeah. Option. And you, you, they're very much. So the doctors have been in the position uh, of having to choose who gets their care yep. and who doesn't because there have been too many like hospitals have been overwhelmed. And to Don's point, yep. like, do you really trust your doctor to pick you over a non-fat person? And the yeah. answer for me is no. And mm-hmm. I love my doctor. Mm-hmm. I think my doctor is great, but he's definitely blamed my weight for, you know, yeah. strep throat. Well, it, it should be pointed out that standard of care, like as policy across the United States in all medical treatment is that the person who is least likely to be saved gets the least treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they deem you to be too much to be, again, if they, if they take this seriously that, oh, you're probably not going to survive because you're also fat, then yeah, standard of care dictates yeah. like across the country that you will get less intervention. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, to be clear, like medical bias is not purely only against fat people. Like this mm. is why we're seeing huge resistance to vaccination among black populations, you know, because of their historical bad treatment mm-hmm. from the medical institutions. So ultimately all of this bad care is coming back and starting to bite us on the ass. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, and this all kind of culminate, like where this, you know, so that, that was like the next day. Um, and this kind of culminated, it was a Saturday. I woke up, I open Twitter as I'm having my coffee and hashtag stop being fat oh, is fun. trending. Is trending. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of the source, the, the source of this was a, um, I don't know, internet personality who, was basically offering, you know, it was like a raffle for $500 for anyone who used the hashtag. Wow. What? And this, this person. Well, you got to pay people to, to troll. Yeah. Well, I mean, this person is kind of like their whole thing is like, they're kind of a troll, but like just basically sewing discord online is their brand and how they make their money. Yep. Fun. Yeah. That's called Fox. And it's just the internet. No, it's called Fox. That's their business model. Um, but I was curious, like, I mean, I've, it is just a like shocking increase in this kind of, you know, I don't know how I'm going to say fat phobia because I don't know how to pronounce the thing. Uh, your fat friend proposed as I don't like it anyway. You have to explain it every time you use it. Um, but basically fat hatred. Yes. Um, and I was curious, like, I'm obviously very like, I mean, I'm jacked in <laughs> to like internet stuff and I'm curious what everyone else's experience is um, in like online, offline, in different circles. Mm-hmm. Um, Don, you seem poised. Yeah. Well, you just, you just <laughs> seemed like you're about to say something. So everyone just looked at Don. I mean, I'll talk, I, I, your I mouth is already interrupt open. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, my observation, like I have, that did not show up in my, limited social media interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I have noticed is that in Los Angeles, in my circles of friends, people are starting to get out of the house more now than they Mm -hmm. have previously. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of sort of self hatred 
from people like, you know, God, I feel so fat. I feel so out of Mm -hmm. shape. Mm -hmm. I feel so not myself. And there's a lot of self um, flagellation going on. Well, that would troll it. That would, that would, uh, (laughs) that would troll it. (laughs) Yeah, that would cause it. That would cause the trolling. Yeah. 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 So like, I don't think any of these people are thinking for me and my Mm -hmm. experience, most of these people are not thinking outside their own body. Mm-hmm. Um, not thinking about what them saying about themselves says by matter of pro- transitive property about the rest of us. Um, but that's, that's how this always works. Yes. You know, that's how you, but you know, it just makes who, it clearer and it makes it more widespread absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. a- anybody who really hates fat people is really at the core is like, Oh my God, I would kill myself if I ever looked like that. It's, it's always coming from this internal monologue of self, of self, of self hate or fear of turning into something. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what, because I haven't really been on social mm-hmm. media. I took a step away. I'm not already not on it much, mostly just Instagram. And I, I walked away from it almost entirely over the summer. And I was, so I was trying to figure out how I would contribute here, what I would say. And then Don, what you brought up made me realize that, yes, I'm seeing the same thing, particularly in my circles playing soccer. A lot of people, like this is our first season back. And a lot of people saying things like, oh my God, well, I, in between seasons, we're going to have to really try and get in shape or like, oh, we should do like a group workout thing or like, oh God, like one guy had come to the game last night was like, I've lost 45 pounds and I got to keep it going, <laughs> you know, like really intense about that. And I'm, it's, it's becoming that kind of communication is becoming a bonding point for all of the people mm. who hate how they look after COVID. It's, it's not just that they're all in the same place. It's that saying it makes them feel like they're all in part of the same group, yeah. same mindset. Like it's gaining, I think, momentum because of that. Like, well, we're all f- too fat right now and we can all get skinny together. You know, it, it feels like that. I, I'm in my mind, I'm sort of predicting things getting worse before they get better because you're going to have this schism between these groups that succeed and then the rest mm-hmm. of us who don't, right? Who, or don't try or don't succeed or whatever. And then there gets to be that self-hatred in that one group. The other group starts feeling superior, creating a greater schism. And until you wait two years and the groups flop, the groups flip-flop. And yeah. Becomes, mm-hmm. And then the ones who fail try, take up a diet and the ones who had been dieting gain the weight back. Yeah, very often. <laughs> and they just switch. They just switch positions. You know, so I, I just feel like you're going to have a lot of people who are going to get increasingly frustrated at their own ability to change themselves because they've never needed to before or to cope with their own self-image as that changes. Well, and because that is, I think as we have maybe hopefully shown over and over again, that will never make you happy. (laughs) (laughs) That will never sustain itself over the course of your lifetime. There's no landing point where you go, yeah, I feel at peace now. Yeah. Like, but this is because of COVID because everybody being trapped at home and, and not everybody, but a majority of us gaining weight in a way that we haven't before. I think you're going to have more people discovering this journey for the first time mm-hmm. and starting well off well on be. those first steps, which often involves self-hatred, um, which is going to spill out into this sort of online trolling. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to somebody about the differences between living because she was from New York and this was in Boston. So we were sort of all out of our home states or home places. And I was talking about LA and it, it, it I've said this before, but it, there's this he, being here also feels especially <sighs> body judgmental 
mm-hmm. just like in whatever direction, like judging somebody because they have a good body and like, wow, good thumbs up or the other way around. Um, but I think that like, these are things that I'm seeing now even more so outside of it. Like a, a mm. couple friends of mine, their whole relationship dynamic, they're both fat and their whole relationship dynamic has become about trying to get thin together or thinner. Mm. And it's, I love them, but it's toxic. And it's, mm. it's really hard to like be in the room when it's like, I don't know, like for instance, cause they do weight watchers, right? Or sorry, WW. <laughs> Formerly Weight Watchers. Formerly known, the, the WW, <laughs> formerly known as Weight Watchers. Um, <laughs> you say WW, all I can think is Wonder Woman. Yeah, true. That'd but be great. Not nearly as cool. Um, and so you get points, right? But like he is a man, he gets the more way points. that their system works is he gets more points and she gets mad at him because he gets more points and he gets to eat the things that she wants to be able to eat. <laughs> and then you find like, it's, it's very toxic. And I, I don't know that I've necessarily noticed an upheaval in it, except that maybe in the soccer world I have, but I've walked away from social media. Like I, I, I'm trying to come back in ways that feel good <laughs> and I'm testing them out. But well, you know, some people have been pushed out of social media. Um, there's a woman I follow called fat doctor UK mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is part of a larger trend, but I'll start here with the specific, you know, she, she is as a, as a physician in the UK, which is, you know, as we've talked about many times on the podcast, probably the most fat, toxic environment of the Western world uh, to the point that they're kidnapping fat children to put them in, you know, to get to re-educate them. They're, they're saving them, Dan. They're saving them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and by the way, if you think I'm joking, that's that's actually not true. You can look it up. I mean, it's true. It is, yes. it is not true that I'm joking. You can look it up. <laughs> um, so uh, she was banned from Instagram. Oh, because so many people got mad at her and fat phobes got mad at her. Physicians got mad at her because one of the things that she was getting into was how physicians, especially in, you know, in the UK where she's from, were being so toxic to fat patients and really abusing them in using fat as the excuse to do nothing or, you know, prescribe weight loss. And so she was really talking about how a lot of physicians are doing harm. And she was getting all this backlash from physicians saying like, you know, you really shouldn't be talking about physicians in a bad way, especially during COVID when so many people are, are being abused and the healthcare system is overtaxed and you, know, you, should give, you should give physicians a break. And she's like, that's not really relevant to what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the way that a lot of these social media platforms work, the more complaints you get against you, the more yeah. whether or not they're justified or whatever, they just rack up. And mm-hmm. I'm sure more than a few people tagged her as like spreading misinformation that, you know, that you could possibly be, you know, fat and healthy or that weight loss is not a good prescription or that whatever. So she was banned. And so she, you know, is only has Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so she's taken refuge on Twitter because as we all know, you can say anything on Twitter and post anything on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what I've found though, what I think is interesting in the larger picture here is that, I think with the rise of so many vocal fat activists, there has been a commensurate rise in fat phobia and fat tox and, and, and people who are toxic towards fat people, because it's in the same way that when environmentalism rises, so does, you know, so do the coal rollers in Texas, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, when when we call for banning guns, then the NRA steps up and says, no, we have to have guns because those children are, in elementary schools are dangerous. They must be shot. So um, <laughs> we just need more teachers with guns. Um, I, I, I think there's there's a sort of parody here because it's the vitriol on both sides have, has been rising. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know a lot of fat activists who you know, let's just say they're not trying to make friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I get why you're not like, I get why, like you feel like that time has passed. That has never worked. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of like, it, there's a certain amount of, if you're talking nicely to the oppressor, isn't another word for that capitulation mm-hmm. or, you know, um, involving yourself in your own oppression. And I get that. That's, and that's, that's really valid. On the other hand, I don't know anybody who's changed their mind because someone just yelled at them loud enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can I bring up a a tetchy subject? Oh, please do. So this has been on my mind a lot lately. So thinking about fat research, right? It seems, it seems from what I've read from the sources that I believe, right? It seems like uh, the conventional wisdom of fat science is incorrect right? What we've been taught all our lives, right? Yes. (laughs) However, right now I'm finding it very difficult to think about it without comparing like my stances and my takes on the way I'm listening to information to the anti-vaxxer movement where they are also choosing who they listen to, Mm. right? Yep. And they are standing against, and and I'm very uncomfortable with that similarity and I'm not sure how to reconcile that in my head right now. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Okay, Dan, do you have any comments on this subject? <laughs> Why, yes, Don, I do. <laughs> so I totally get what you're coming from here because I've thought of, I've had those similar thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this just me picking and choosing my own data? Yeah. Here's the difference. You're not just picking and choosing your own data. You're looking at how that data was collected and you're looking at it soberly. So when you look at a lot of the anti-vaxxer stuff, they're not looking at sound scientific studies. Mm -hmm. And there's a definition for what is a sound scientific study. You look at sample size, you look at correction for variables, you look at a lot of these things. When we look at the fat studies, we also can apply that same critical eye. In fact, I I wasn't wasn't going to talk about this this episode, but you know, here we are. Uh, Gary Taubes just had this really interesting article in I think the Boston Globe or the Boston mm-hmm. Herald. I don't Globe. know. Globe. And so I'm sort of a fan of Gary Taubes. He's he's not well liked in the fatosphere, uh, which is the political arm of the, of the of fat people. Um, because on the one hand, and this is the point of the article, and I think this addresses your point, Don. He is right that 90% of what people know about fat is absolutely wrongheaded. The whole calories in, calories out. The, the, and, he, and if you read his books and his journalism, he's been investigating this for decades. And he goes through systematically and debunks all this stuff that diet culture has been promoting. And by the way, diet culture hasn't been, a wrong, hasn't been around that long. It's not like, oh, we've known this for thousands of years. It's we invented this in the last 50 and so he goes through and debunks that and goes back like, if you look a hundred years, here's what they were doing and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, but here's, but here's the disconnect with Taubes and why he's not loved in the fatosphere. So he is correct that calories in, calories out and a lot of these standard models just, you know, eat less, move more. Why that never works and, or why that's not, you're not getting at the problem. But what he proposes, which is correct, is that this is much more a matter of hormones and genetics. 
Yes, that's true. But then he makes this additional leap, which is where this tends to fall apart. So then he goes about saying, well, if the problem is genetics and hormones, you don't really have any way to control genetics and you have a very limited way to control hormones, but one of the hormones is insulin and you can indirectly control insulin through carbohydrates and so low carbohydrate diet. And the low carbohydrate diet is successful for many people and it is not successful for many people. And the problem is that this is, we do not understand fat and metabolism well enough to make these declarative statements like do this and you will lose weight or do this and you will be successful and healthy. I should it's easy to lose weight. Just stop eating and you'll, you know, you'll shrink. We don't understand the biology well enough to give accurate, healthful advice. We're still in that guessing phase. We're still in that phase of like, well, if you do this, this will probably happen unless it doesn't. The difference though in in where we are, let's say with, let's say cancer research, because you know we know a lot about cancer, but we know very little about cancer in some ways. But the difference is that we don't blame the cancer patient when the treatment doesn't fail. Whereas we almost always blame the fat person when the treatment doesn't fail. When the treatment it doesn't fails. work. When the yeah. treatment fails. Yeah. So you must have been cheating. You must have been cheating. Yeah. And I've had this conversation. I've even had this conversation with chubby chasers, with chubby chasers who are, who are doctors, where they're like, oh, well, the treatment has to work. They're obviously lying. I'm like, no, no, mm. that's not how fat people, that's, that's like, like, you don't know enough fat people. I'm depressed. <laughs> do we have a tip? We do. Oh, yeah. Are you, I don't know. Are you mad as heck by all this fat bias and you can't take it anymore? Yeah. Well, I have news for you. NAFA, the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance that I've mentioned many times before, is recruiting board members. They are. And this is, you don't have to be a current NAFA member. Uh, I mean, you just have to be passionate about fat activism. And I mean, what I, I think there's, we have a lot of different listeners who have different skills they bring to the table in terms of like, are you social media savvy? Are you research savvy? Do you have a background in Fundraising. You know, fundraising, yeah, science, medicine. Do you just are, are do you just love? Do you love to love? <laughs> uh, do you like rallying people? Uh, go to nafa.org, n-a-a-f-a.org, backslash board dash recruitment. Applications are being accepted October first through November fifteenth, so you have some time to decide. Nice. Um, do they have a sense of what? sort of contribution they're looking for or just more voices to help fill out their, their point of their point of view or. So the, the roles they are proposing that could either be combined or changed or tweaked community relationships, director, fundraising director, legislative slash political advocacy director. Okay. Social media director, volunteerism director or member at large, which is kind of like if you, like you wear many hats, you have mm -hmm. a giant pile of hats on top of your head. You don't know what you want to do. Uh, and some of these things may be combined. They may, I don't know if you have I'm trying to think of a skill that, I mean, that uh, covers again, yeah, that like, that's that a covers. lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that would be awesome. And I'm, I'm curious how that goes and who they end up settling with and all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have a bit today. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, Today is the return of the incredibly confusing for Dan. Never have I ever. What? So, just so we can ignore the drinking game, never have I ever. I can't believe We are this renaming this name, have you ever. So we're all going to be, well, I, I have brought in a number of questions because I sort of dumped this on everybody at the last minute. Uh, and I asked folks if, if they have a 
have you ever question that they'd like to put to the group, uh, they may do so. However, so uh, if you're not familiar with the rules, I'm going to ask a question. Have you ever, by asking this question, I am admitting that I have done this, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to see if anyone else at a microphone today has done this as well, all right? So uh, I will lead off with, have you ever tried not to breathe too loudly while walking uphill so that the people you are walking with will not know that you are winded? <laughs> I, <laughs> My hand shot up. I I'm have. Seeing everyone but Dan yeah, raising hands. Oh, think, Dan has too? I think okay. so. I, do that, I did that not uphill but playing soccer mm. for the longest, my entire really? childhood, all 14 years of playing soccer, I was self-conscious about how hard I was breathing. I think for me, it's more like I don't want my breathing to get in, <laughs> get in the way of my conversation. Mm. Okay. Okay. And I'm conscious of that. Like I know I'm trying to mitigate that. For me, it was, I, it was, it would actually get in the way of my ability to play the game because you have to breathe hard when you're running mm-hmm. that much. But I didn't want, I didn't want people to think it was that much effort for me. And so I would hold on to it. That okay. said, I have mm-hmm. no shame about <laughs> breathing like a freight train in, in a workout. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, that's interesting because I, I like I don't feel like people would judge either Dan or Michael for breathing hard, mm-hmm. but uh, Trevor I think understands oh, yeah. my concerns yes. of just like your people are going to think I'm going to die. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Have you ever turned the volume down in order to look for a parking space? Oh, absolutely every time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I cannot parallel park with the radio on. Uh, yeah, I've done that. Just put it on mute. And no, because I don't drive. Oh, well, there you go. I turn the volume up <laughs> when I drive. And then Dan crashes. Yeah. Um, have you ever knowingly allowed fruit to go bad because you had tasted snacks available? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I don't feel like no, because we have this thing where if like... Fruit, if we put fruit, like if Dan puts my fruit in the fruit drawer, if I put him in the, if I put the fruit away, he'll never find it. Yes. It's just kind of like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like Schrodinger's banana. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted apple slices. You know how like Trader Joe's has those packages of apple slices. Mm -hmm. I put them in the fruit drawer. Yeah. He never found them. idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. But I, okay. But see what happens is, so I'm more likely to remember it. If I pick it up at the store, put it in the basket and then put it in the fridge. But if I'm not, if I miss one of those steps, it's like it disappears from my mind. It never happened. Oh, I, I have one. I have one. Okay. I thought of Michael. One. It's very, it's snack based, which is very appropriate. Um, have you ever hosted a game night where there were snacks? Maybe people brought some snacks and then there was going to be a follow-up game night, maybe the next week. Uh, and by the time that happened, all of those snacks have been consumed. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Trevor wanted me to get some hummus for his game night. No, the hummus was for me. Oh, well, then never mind. No. I ate it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that because usually there's a type of snack I don't like at the, yeah. the event and that will survive. Yeah. Miraculously. That's oh, I totally have. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have you ever had an intense and therapeutic conversation with a pet or inanimate object? <laughs> no. Intense. Um, uh, I've had a moment. I wouldn't say a conversation. Okay. But I've had a moment for sure. Okay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no. No. All right. We have our separation. And, 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 and I asked myself and he hasn't either. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I are have, they I sure? One. Okay. Uh, have you ever broken a chair? <laughs> I think Trevor I think the question you really want to ask is how many chairs have you broken in succession <laughs> what's your what's your record now three uh two and a half <laughs> yes I broke a lawn chair it was like a long lawn couch type mm-hmm. thing but I just broke one slat underneath the cushion amateur so I <laughs> stood up and walked away because <laughs> I'm an asshole <laughs> you've gotten away with it. I have definitely sat down on a chair that broke I don't I can't say for sure if I broke it or if it was already broken and I just revealed that it was <laughs> broken to everybody it was just a, a, a lawn chair with a, a cushion and one of the slides was broken I know <laughs> I don't know what happened I just went straight through the center of it <laughs> Stay trapped there two days. Um, Dan, do you have one you want to contribute? Okay. I I haven't done this though, because I'm just thinking about you guys. It's 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 an interesting interview question because I I don't do this. Because you guys play a lot of games and board games and that's not really. You don't know how this game works, Dan. This is. This, I, already tell, I already can tell. That this I is think, not. I think I've made it abundantly clear. I don't know how this game works. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. If this is a special. This is going to be an especially wrong question. I no. I think I can do this. This works. It let's, just doesn't apply to me. I, I want to know what this question is, Jasper. <laughs> so my question, because I'm looking at at Michael's stack of board games across from me, and I'm thinking, have you ever? Yeah, this is a good. I think this is good. Have you ever? How do I say this? Have you ever done something illegal, that is to say, against the rules in a board game, hmm. but no one called you on it and you just let it happen? <laughs> so like cheated by accident? Well, you che- like you cheated and you're like, oh, I really shouldn't be able to do that. But no one's saying anything. Hmm. Okay, going on. I think I probably have. <laughs> uh, I have I, a follow-up for this if you're curious. I have allowed other people to do that. And not called them on it because they were frustrated with the game or mm. they wanted. I think I have done that, but more because, because cheating to me isn't interesting. Cheating to me doesn't result in, it's just not mm-hmm. fun. I think I've done that mostly because by that point in the game, I didn't, I was like frustrated and didn't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. So like, I, cause I do hit a point in some games where I'm just like, I, you know what? I suck at this and I don't get it. And I, okay, I messed this one thing up and I don't even care. Like, and I just kind of go going on, on with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's yeah. just get to the end of this. <laughs> um, last one. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what you would look like as the opposite gender? Nope. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I, I did the, uh, this was mostly because of Julia. Um, so a, f- a few years ago there was the, uh, like face gender swap app. Oh you yeah, could do yeah. Where yeah. it would sort of make you. So Julia did that and, and get, you have to get when we were kids, like, you know, uh, elementary school, people thought we were twins. Mm. We looked that similar and it swapped her and it looked exactly like an existing picture of me. Wow. And then I did it and it swapped it to look exactly like an existing picture of her. And I was like, okay, all right. I know, I know the answer. You already know the answer. It would be my little sister. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever, uh, used the gender swap app, Trevor? Yeah. It just looks like me in a wig. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of how I always imagined it. Like uh, there was a my parents were going to name me Margot. Oh yeah, that's. And right. I just picture Margot as like me in a wig, and uh, maybe Margot is a little more into her Polish heritage and yeah. the accordion. 
Mm. Yeah, I think Margot is a lot more crunchy than Trevor is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do I have no issue seeing you with a wig named Margot? Like, this is not hard for me. Yeah. It's hard for me. No, me neither. I <laughs> I get it. I get it done. I I can I can see where that would happen, but I also feel like I, I think Trevor, if Trevor and Margot were siblings, they would not like each other. No. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, that's that's where I go with that. And, if- and Margot sounds like Miss Piggy in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Dan was gender swapped, he'd be a very militant bull dyke lesbian. And that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I've never, I've no, I've, I've never had this inquiry go through my head actually, which is so I, really more remarkable than if I had, I think. I've often said that I think a great couple's costume for me and Dan would be Mulder and Scully. And I think it's hilarious either way. <laughs> <laughs> so my, the couple's costume I've been batting around with Michael for this Halloween because we're we're gonna do a Harry Potter themed uh, Christmas par- uh, Halloween, Halloween party, um, then you don't have to dress up like. But we were trying to figure out a couple's costume. I was like, couldn't think of something. He was like, he said, "What if I was a golden snitch, and then you could be the seeker?" Which, and then I was like, okay, but then there's also a chaser, yeah, in Quidditch, and I was like, but that's not the right. It's like it almost works, but it doesn't quite what work. What does the chaser in Quidditch do? The chaser is the one who scores goals. They they use the quaffle and he could be score. a Quidditch hoop, like just he could be Quidditch wow. hoop. <laughs> you know, for someone who hates puns, you're you probably probably not. Quaffle. That's, that maybe gives a little too much of the wrong impression. <laughs> you're no, just a like hole to me. <laughs> a, you can have like a hula hoop on. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. And he can still be the snitch then. So what do you think Michael and Michael should dress up for as Halloween? I'll take suggestions. I'm happy to hear them. Let us know. Where can they let us know, Trevor? Um, Michael, you should probably bring up the social media music before you do that. <laughs> what the hell? I, the the music? I feel like I have done that before. In my, did we just die? My, I have definitely done that before. So I have a... I, this shouldn't be on the board anymore. I have a sound effect that is supposed to hit the end of the social media. Like that's the, mm-hmm. like it's over, oh. but it's called the same thing because I don't have enough characters in the board <laughs> to like label things. Anyway, I'll just take it out. You ready, Trevor? Sure. And go. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at big fat gay pod. We're on Facebook as big fat gay podcast. It was five stars there. Yeah. It was five stars on Apple podcast, Google podcast, all the podcast sites. Yeah. Pod chaser too. <laughs> you <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them. Five stars everywhere. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Wee. Yeah. Maybe you're uh, you're clicking through uh, upsetting trends, and it's not stop being fat because it's us. And there's a gif of Michael, and he's he's dancing, he's vibing. It's it's a great gif. And then the gif, it's a movie actually. He looks at you, and he says, "Watch out." <laughs> oh no I missed <laughs> That's all it was That wasn't on purpose I just missed <laughs> And watch it <laughs> That is for sure Somebody <laughs> needs to watch out I literally just missed the button <laughs>